welcome to Bygones, the Annie McBeal rewatch podcast. I'm Laura Jane Parker. And I'm Eleanor Parker. And we rewatch every episode of Annie McBeal through 2022 eyes. Yeah. Hi, Eleanor. How are you doing? Hi. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. How are you? Are you pursuing unhappiness? <laughs> All the time. <laughs> In fact, I think unhappiness pursues me. <laughs> Well, maybe you should pursue it. (laughs) (laughs) And in case you're wondering what we're talking about, it's got something to do with this week's episode. (laughs) Yes, that is the yeah. I when I saw this, I was like, of course she's pursuing unhappiness. Of course. (laughs) Well, it's obviously like a riff on the famous like pursuit of happiness happiness and um, quote from. Is it the Constitution or something like that? I it's don't know. something like that. I mean, obviously, there's that that famous um, Will Smith like movie was called The Pursuit, Pursuit of Happiness. Happiness. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It's the Declaration of in- Independence, which is there's a phrase, "Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness." It's a well-known section of the Declaration of Independence. So it's you know a sacred American text and uh, value to uphold. The phrase gives yes. Three examples of unalienable rights, which a declaration um, says has been given to all humans by their creator. Everyone has the right to pursue being happy. Yeah, which I think is a really... I guess is the argument. Interesting, (laughs) like, I'm not sure that any country had ever gone like, that's a right before. Which is interesting, considering the world we live in now, which feels like such a yes <laughs> unhappy place. It's it feels like... like everyone's pursuing being unhappy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sorry, we're in a bit of a down mood today. I'm not sure why. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure why. It's yeah. Just gesture at everything just outside. Just but yeah. See, see this shit show outside. We've got Liz Truss as PM and the tanking our economy tanking completely of our economy and driving our country off a cliff the nhs is collapsed like i just i'm just at a loss um the transphobes are still transphobing like losing their shit have you seen the latest thing oh they always do i follow um a lot of trans activists online and like there's uh the latest hoo-ha is some library. With the mermaid charity. No, it's a library no. mascot. They've swapped a library mascot. Some library somewhere has swapped their oh, mascot actually, I did a see this. Yeah. for like a non-binary alien. And all the like gender critical like Well, it's just an alien. Yeah. It's just an alien. It's not specifically non-binary. It's just, we. it doesn't have and a gender. Just, so like, they're like, it's non-binary. Yeah. over like... Yeah. Whoa, which is it? A girl or a boy? It's just like, it's like why do you care it's an alien? It's not from this it's a planet. Mad. Absolute madness. It's so weird, the state of the world. Christ. So we've pursued and tracked down lots of unhappiness. <laughs> yes. I feel like a lot of people are pursuing other people's unhappiness at the moment, which is just a horrible timeline <laughs> yes. to be in. Yes. Yeah. So let's go back to 
the 2000s and see what kind of unhappiness they were pursuing. Um, Yes. So today we are going to be discussing uh, episode 17 of season four, The Pursuit of Unhappiness, which first aired 26th of March 2001. We interrupt this program for Eleanor's cultural stuff. Brought to you by the Naughties, the other decade more problematic than it looks. Um, oh, the US mm-hmm. number one. Uh, mm-hmm. I will give you the artist, Crazy Town. Yeah. Oh, Butterfly. Yeah, come, come, my lady. That's like the only hit <laughs> yeah. they ever had. Sugar, baby. <laughs> Love I actually read one. a big deep dive. I think it was on Slate about the fact that that was a one-hit wonder and like how that came to be. It was really interesting recently. Oh, so, I agree yeah. with that. I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, I'll send you the link. Yeah, I do. The UK number one is Hearsay. Pure and simple. Pure and simple. Yes. Pure and simple gonna be there. Um, yes. And Kim Marsh now on Strictly this season. So, yeah, very exciting. She? Yeah. How's she doing? And she's a, she's a grandmother of three at like 43. It's mad. What? Uh, well, well, because when she I was, re- when she, she was in hearsay, she had a kid. She did, yeah, so she was a young He mom, was like five she? or yeah. something. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, he or aww. she, I don't know which gender it was, but That's yeah. That's quite sweet. Um, so, yeah, but I just cut, because she was like, yeah, I'm doing it for all the grannies. And I'm like, you're, you're not, like, what? <laughs> Yeah, good. I'm enjoying it. And the only thing I've really got is 25th of March was the 73rd Academy Awards hosted by Steve Martin um, with Ridley Scott's Gladiator winning five awards out of 12 nominations. I still haven't seen that. (laughs) What? You've not seen Gladiator? I don't like Russell Crowe. I'm not a massive fan. vibe i'm not into like are you oh, not like, entertained no i oh. am not <laughs> <laughs> i just don't like that kind of like i don't really like it like troy or oh, none no, of, i didn't say tron <laughs> that's not the same because <laughs> shit but gladiator is actually good no but that like genre of film i don't know what you even A call it like fighting. roman <laughs> Yeah, like I'm not, clang, I'm not. Clang, I just don't clang. find any of it interesting. No, no, thank you. Oh, it's it. Gladiator is great. It's it's the same same vibe, same feeling that I get when I think about westerns. Like they're not ever a film genre yes. that I ever gravitate towards. Yeah, I so I will mean. always prioritize something else before seeing dusty one of those again. Yeah, I think it is. They're both <laughs> dusty. <laughs> Like, it's so and I just keep thinking, have a shower, and then I keep thinking I can't because there's no working plumbing and it's very distressing. It looks very messy and dry. Don't like it. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. No, it's it's, a, it's definitely knew? worth the watch. Like I would give it a go. Well, um, but is it? No. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> I'm not, Ellen, I'm telling you now, I'm probably never going to watch it unless I'm forced to somehow. So, yeah. But that's all I've got. Um, oh, is that, 
that everything that was happening? That's literally it. Gladiator was winning Oscars. And pure Things were dusty. And butterflies. Butterflies? Dust. <laughs> butterflies. Butterflies. Yeah. Um, okay, well then let's see what was going on over in Boston and who was pursuing what unhappiness. <laughs> Strap in. Um so we are in back in Boston, uh, no longer in LA, thank God. And Vonda is singing um, each night before we go to bed, my, my baby. baby. There's a little prayer for you, my baby. Um, yeah, but dedicated to the one I love by Mamas and the Papas. Um, so in case you that wasn't clear from that like, wobbling <laughs> going on. <laughs> So um, she's singing that and we see these Boston night shots before um, we pick up with Ali and Larry who are walking down the street and they're just sort of good-naturedly bickering like over, you know, moving in together potentially and like decorating and Ali's like, oh, men can't decorate, it's nature, it's genetic and they're just being like too sweet. You will prize those gender roles out of Ali's cold, dead hands. Cold, dead hands, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, um, yeah, too sweet and very heteronormative. Um, so, yeah, she's... Um, then, anyway, she stops Larry from arguing with her by going, shh, 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 look, look, isn't that Elaine? Oh, look, there's Elaine and Mark. And, like, we see Elaine, they've spotted her across the street getting out of a car... And then a guy gets out and Ali and Larry are like, hang on a minute, that's not Mark. And Ali's like, wait, who is that? And they sort of are both staring and walking closer and closer, <laughs> not taking their eyes off Elaine. And Ali's like, oh, I don't like this. And she's like hanging on to Larry with her <laughs> arms wrapped around him as if she's like about to creep up on something scary. Um, but yet neither of them can tear their eyes away. And then we see Ali, uh, then we see Elaine, sorry, dragging the guy like towards her. And Larry's like, oh, he could just be a friend. But then we see Ali's mouth like clang open. Um, and then it cuts back to the uh, Elaine and this guy has proceeded to aggressively make out with Elaine as Larry's like oh oops <laughs> and then he goes well actually you know uh, she, she, she's just being polite she's she's not into it she's just gonna tell him to go away and then we cut to <laughs> Elaine yanking him into her home because she can't get enough and Ali and Larry are like what the what the hell <laughs> and then we're in titles uh, yeah very funny oh no stop Elaine Somebody. Don't. Please. Somebody <laughs> please think of Mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. That's exactly what I was like. But yeah. So um, after titles at the weekly meeting, Richard, I loved this. First of all, was like, first of all, welcome back, John and me. Um, LA was like, welcome back, me. <laughs> I'm great. You know? <laughs> and he says, LA was great. We missed you all. And then Nell kind of really cynically goes, yes, how was LA? Did you find what you were looking for? And John's kind of like, obviously got the post-holiday blues because he's like slumps in his chair looking thoroughly fed up. And he goes, yes, people with warmth. It was a culture shock, you snippy-ass popsicle. And everyone just sort of looks at him like, whoa, that came out of nowhere. And Ali, like, raises her eyebrows at this huge line that John has crossed. And it's like, John? And John's like, she started it. She called me an imbecile. And Ali's like, uh, 
no she, she didn't. didn't and just like hey she implied it her little how was a lay tone she disparaged the idea of us going down there did it with tone her put downs are tonal i don't have to take it i'm senior partner check out the damn firm resume senior partners don't have to tolerate snippy ass tones from platinum dyed popsicles yeah move along richard we're all busy here and i was like are we but also uh, uh, like fuck off you're I her just, boss I you don't get to in. treat her like that yeah i just want to throw in my objection here because i'm just like this is so unacceptable like what the fuck you do not get to talk to people like that just because you're the boss absolutely not so i nearly have my objection here as well but I rescinded it when I saw how it played out a bit later, just because yeah. he did at least try and make amends, I even know, though it doesn't excuse but I'm him. I'm just like, but no, yeah. you shouldn't be doing the fact that he's just doing it in the first That's place. That's valid, yeah. And, and then, like, double down, it doubles down yeah, on yeah, it yeah. when people are like, uh, No, 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 I agree. I think it's a really good place to put an objection, but then I found something that I was even more annoyed about. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, that was, so, yeah. Fair enough. Well, but yeah, was, he but can fuck off with this and uh yeah. yeah um so richard is like okay and he like tries <laughs> to breeze past this by giving um jackson a new case from a longtime client um so this is gilbert breen apparently he's getting married he's a wonderful man and so he wants to update his will and richard suggests that jackson meets with him um because jackson does trust in estates um and then richard says bride's beautiful he's not uh did i mention he's a uh, fat bold rich and then he's like just to be safe can you draw up a prenup for him meanwhile ling has a case um where the her client is running um does run a shipping company and the son is trying to get him declared incompetent based on the grounds that he's happy and everyone's like eh and john is like shaking his head like well this is the last straw and he's going <laughs> oh, being happy makes a person incompetent well that is bloody rich and then he's got his head in like his hands <laughs> oh, so john something's going on with john like he needs to sort his shit out yeah absolutely. he can't carry on behaving like that uh meanwhile um ali as we've just heard in that weekly meeting doesn't have any work so she's making up her own so she's running <laughs> off to find elaine and asks if she can speak to her for a second looking like intriguing um and they kind of go into ali's office and ali's like so how are you and elaine is immediately suspicious and is like what's the matter and i was like oh no I'm, I'm just curious we haven't spoken in a while like how are you and mark doing are you just <laughs> seeing each other exclusively like in a loaded way or she's all but waggling her eyebrows basically <laughs> <laughs> and elaine is like feigning ignorance like what are you getting at and ali just comes clean and tells elaine that what she saw and elaine's like oh as her face falls and ali's like is that all you have to say oh and Elaine's like, do I owe you an explanation on my personal life? And I was like, no, Elaine, you do not. But Ali's like, no, but I really want to know. And she like pulls <laughs> Elaine to sit really with her on the it. chairs. Um, and Elaine basically just says, I slipped. I was in a dating service a year ago and we slept with each other. She says, we slept with each other on tape. I like wound it back several times. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? What? <laughs> is that like, is that like phone sex but via video i thought she said they met each other on tape oh maybe that is what she said but i i looked it 
I because there's a site that has all of the like subtitles from the DVDs uploaded from Ali McBeal right. and it's not terribly accurate but I even checked that and it said we slept with each other on tape I'm gonna double check that now but make sure make I wasn't making sense. it up well because that's what I put like what tape. what the fuck does that mean because I just Hang thought on. they meant like oh he sent me a tape I sent him a tape like well, almost yeah, like video I'm messages sure she said to slept. each other yeah I was in a dating service a year ago. We slept with each other on tape before we left town. I'm going to look at, like, I've got it on my laptop, the actual episode. I'm going to see if I can. It says slept with each other on tape. I swear to God. I've just watched it back. <laughs> it's quite clear. <laughs> well, I don't know what that means. What, they just recorded? Look, if anyone was of dating so age in the early 2000s, can they please tape? tell me, did... They have phone sex, but without phones, but via VHS. Like, was it like the equivalent of sending like a naughty, like photo, like nude photo? Like, what do they call them? Nude <laughs> selfies or whatever, like via VHS. Like, I just don't. Uh, Slept with each other on tape does not make sense to me. I know. Like over it's, the phone, fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, this sounds way too complicated. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. Or video yourself, record it to VHS, rewind it, put it in the post, package it up. Like, Jesus Christ. Sounds like paper postage and packing and, oh my God, yeah. Yeah, Queue up at the post office, like get a stamp. And then wait 24 hours for them to open it, put it on, be like, oh yeah, that's great. Okay, I'll film my reply. And then like 48 <laughs> hours later, you get one. Like, what is happening? This is bizarre. Yeah, I, it doesn't yeah, make I don't know. much sense. But Someone explain it to me. I yeah, don't understand. We're confused. But anyway, she's saying they had one date, but then he got transferred out of town. Then he got transferred back into town and they bumped into each other on the street and she agreed to have lunch which she then rescheduled for an evening and she'd had a glass of wine. She gave him a short kiss goodbye and then she slipped. And Ali's like, did you make love to him? And Elaine's like, a little. (laughs) (laughs) It was funny. Um, And then she said she's extremely ashamed of herself as like Ali looks down at her in stern judgment. (laughs) Um, In the office complex, though, John pulls Nell aside, and this is what I was referring to earlier, where he said he apologizes for his behavior and says, truth be told, he's just missing Melanie. And Nell, with this like big warm smile, is like, I understand John, and sort of rubs his shoulder and is like, if I can help in any way. And then she just drops the smile and goes, poop. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, good for you now yeah no i think absolutely like um just because you miss your ex-girlfriend like i have to take abuse from you in the exactly. morning meeting like i don't fucking think so um so meanwhile on the other side of the office uh in jackson's like prenup case jackson is greeting gilbert and julie um, and Julie is Gilbert's fiance, and he's like making chit chat about when the wedding's gonna be, and it's like May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. And then he asks if there's anything specific that Gilbert wants to do with the will. And, and Gilbert says, Oh, you know, not really, just just going from bachelor to a couple. And Jackson then calls Ali over and is like, um, you know, 
can you take obviously she's got nothing better to do so he's like can you take Julie into your office and just like make a list of like beneficiaries anyone that you think you need to kind of account for and Annie kind of looks a bit like bewildered at being roped into this and Jackson's like it'll only take a second and Annie is like (laughs) sure Just um, like wow, super duper actually got Ali to do some work. He is worth every penny. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so Ali's like sure as Jackson leads Gilbert over to his office. So over in court, in Ling's case, um, the CEO who's called Henry, his son Kenny is testifying on the stand, and he says that his father, who was once known. Um, his father was once known for his toughness. Um, many even called him ruthless. But then one day he had an accident where he was visiting the shipping docks and was struck in the head by a piece of loading equipment. And that trauma caused this like structural lesion on his brain, which was basically like a blood clot. And that changed him into being nice. And the explanation for this is that the clot releases this chemical into his brain that basically makes him euphoric and happy all the time. And um, Judge Walsh, who he's basically just a judge every week now, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, he is. Yeah, he's the only judge working in Boston. Yeah, he's like, and this is a problem. And Kenny's like, well, it is to run a company. He's lost his edge. He no longer cares about getting the upper hand in a deal. He refuses to fire bad workers. He caves in to union demands. Those damn unions. He spent damn a quarter unions. of a million dollars um, for a daycare centre. Our company stock has been dropping. If he keeps this up, we could all go bankrupt. And I was like, oh, capitalism. <laughs> but then Kenny ends by saying that he's becoming competent. And then his lawyer asks if his father could be cured. And exasperatedly, Kenny's like, yes, a simple procedure to drain the clot and we'd all go back to normal. But he doesn't want it. He likes feeling this way. So then Ling has her turn to cross-examine and she kind of fires a series of questions at Kenny saying, well, can he manage his affairs? And Kenny's like, yeah. And she's, Does he change his underwear? Well, I haven't checked on that. Does he need live-in help? No. And Ling's like, in fact, he takes care of your mother, doesn't he? And Kenny says, when I say incompetent, I mean incompetent to run a business. He's not crazy. He's just, and Ling finishes for him, too happy to be a good CEO. And Kenny says, basically, yes, we have shareholders. He's destroying the company. We could all lose everything. (laughs) Um, So next we see why Jackson was so keen to get Gilbert on his own in the office Um, it was so that he could corner him to suggest that prenup that Richard had asked for now Gilbert isn't keen because he says they seem so fatalistic marriage is a leap of trust so it seems wrong to be preparing for its demise but Jackson does the old you know over half of all marriages fail like argument and Gilbert's like well how do I say honey sign a prenup and Jackson laughs and is like it's easy you let me do that that's my job I'm not commenting on the viability of your marriage but you have assets of over 11 million dollars and she's still paying off her school loans let your lawyer protect you and then there's this like series of swooping noises as Jackson produces the prepared like paperwork um, and a pen ready to go and he's like you're with me Right, so over with Ali and Julie, 
Ali is like small talking up the wazoo to stall her from reuniting with Gilbert as long as possible. And they're kind of walking slowly out of her office. And then Elaine meets them and she's carrying a massive bunch of red roses and asking if she can put them in Ali's office because she thinks they should get some light, like pointedly. And Ali's like, wow, who sent them? Just as Mark comes up and just assumes they're for Ali and asks if Larry got them. And Elaine's like, yes, um, as Larry comes out of the elevator saying, did I hear my name? And Mark's like, yeah, you're making me look bad. Can you cut it out? And Larry's just super confused as Elaine is like panicking, going, he means these flowers that you sent Ali. That's what he means, right, Ali? And don't you deny it. And she's like wagging her finger at him. <laughs> then Mark kind of leaves and Elaine goes to put the flowers out of sight. And Larry goes to say hi to Ali. And Julie sees that Gilbert is just coming over with Jackson and runs over to him. And Jackson asks if they kind of got the beneficiary list sorted and Ali's like yep and Jackson says look hey it's my job to protect Gilbert and I've been browbeating him about this prenup thing and he keeps telling me no you two are forever and I shouldn't waste his time and Gilbert and Julie are doing this sort of hug with each other and Jackson goes so I'm just going to draw up a standard boilerplate provision and that'll be that and Julie's like uh okay and Jackson says basically it's like a 50 50 split should the marriage last five years provided you don't do anything crazy in the marriage it will stay at 50 50 and it's against my better judgment but it's tough convincing a man who's in love um and he's saying all this like real like smooth talking Ooh. like just trying to slip Spiel. it in there as yeah. Ali and Larry are like listening in thoughtfully being like I'm not so <laughs> sure this is in her best interest but Ali's On like I hate up. to uh <laughs> I hate to uh, butt in. And I was like, who are you kidding, Ali? You live for it. <laughs> <laughs> so funny that she said that. And she said, but since we have two technically separate parties here, even though they're in complete agreement, technically, I think that Julie should probably have a separate lawyer just to cover us. And Jackson's literally like, what are you doing? Who but before he bitch? can protest... <laughs> Yeah, before he can protest any further, Ali just whips around to Larry and introduces him to Julie and asks if he can represent her and go over that prenup because she's like, I'm just a stickler for procedure. And Larry's like, sure. And Julie's like, okay. And then Gilbert and Julie get in the lift and say goodbye. And as they've gone, Jackson like wheels on Ali and is like, what the hell was that? And Ali's like, I was just making sure everything was on the up and up. Isn't that the way you like to do things, Jackson? And Jackson just death stares her. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, uh, this reminds me of like women gotta stick together. <laughs> yeah, I'm like glad Ali did that because he was—he yeah. wasn't acting in her best interests, and it's just At a all. bit shit. No, you know. it was—it was. I very... know that she's not technically their client, but still, you shouldn't. I just don't yeah, ethically. Present, I just that doesn't sit right with me. It like he's not like he's doing her them a favor, a favor like. Like it could have been a lot worse yeah 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 presenting yourself that way is is yeah very sly um yeah yeah so later that afternoon jackson's explaining to richard that ali butted in and thought it was better if julie had her own attorney so now there's a meeting and richard is obviously not pleased to hear this and he like sees ali walking past and he runs after her going what's all this i'm hearing about ethics ethics have no place in a law firm but ali just completely ignores him and like walks off over to elaine and then she says to elaine loadedly 
Don't you think you should come into my office and water those nice flowers that I got from Larry? <laughs> and Elena's like, look, Ali, I called him, thanked him and told him I wouldn't see him again. All right. And as she says this, Mark has just popped up behind Ali like a big, big creep saying, see who? <laughs> and Ali jumps and they both gasp. And Elaine's like, Mark. And Mark's like, the man you had dinner with last night? And Elaine's like, what are you talking about? I didn't have any dinner last night. And Ali is like just shaking her head. And Mark's like, a buddy of mine saw you. And Elaine's like, oh, please. I was with Ali. And Ali looks sternly at her, like wheels around where Mark can't see her face to be like, why are you dragging me into this? And Elaine just suddenly bends over and goes, oh, cramps. And then Ali does the same thing. And she goes, oh, I'm late for a meeting. And then they both like waddle off, bent double. Women gotta stay together. But also, like, (laughs) Ali's so terrible. She can't, like, be cool. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) She's so not smooth. Oh, dear. No, she's like the opposite of Jackson. Yeah, she is. Oh, dear. (laughs) So, back in court, Henry is on the stand saying, there's more to running a business than making money. And Ling's like, but isn't that the point of the business, to make money? And Henry's like, well, maybe in time the company will become more productive because of the happy employees. Everyone refuses to consider that. And Ling says, Henry, your own son is trying to remove you. How does that make you feel? And Henry has a big smile on his face and goes, I'm devastated. And he's like, "Mm, you don't seem devastated. And Henry then frowns and then says, well, no, it is an awful thing, but I guess I'm still happy. And Ling's like, well, what do you say to this charge that you caused the stock of this company to plunge. And Henry says, I say, I know what I'm doing. The wages of my workers are important and daycare is important. Quality of life is important. I was miserable before. I was a penny-pinching curmudgeon. If I wanted to go on feeling that way, maybe they should call me crazy. Oh, little Henry. He seems like such a nice old man. Um. So the opposing counsel then cross-examines and asks how long that Henry has been married. And he says 37 years. And he says it's been happy. And the lawyer says, well, where's your wife today? And Henry says, well, she's at home because she's got cancer. Um, And the opposing counsel says, how much money have you lost personally in the last year? And Henry's like, oh, almost a million dollars. And the lawyer says, your business is failing. You've lost almost a million dollars. Your own son is turning on you and your wife has cancer. But life is grand. And Henry just goes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Like chuckles to himself. Um, So back at Cajun Fish in the conference room, Larry and Jackson are meeting to go over the prenup that Jackson's drafted but they are not seeing eye to eye, (laughs) have they ever? Um, So Larry is like, well, the prenup says she gets nothing if the marriage ends within five years. And Jackson's like, look, if she really loves him as much as she claims to, then it's really a non-issue. But Larry comes back with, yeah, unless he turns out not to love her. And Jackson's like, look, I'm just trying to protect a nice man. And Larry interrupts saying, you're asking Julie to give up what is legally hers in consideration of what? Like, I miss how she benefits from this lovely document. And he points at the prenup. And Jackson's like, Larry, man to man, we both know what the law provides. We also both know how young and beautiful women can capitalize on it, especially at the expense of fat, rich, bold guys. And Larry just stands up and goes, 
I won't let her sign it and just slides it across to Jackson. And Jackson's like, does she have a problem with it, Larry? And slides it back. And Larry's like, well, I think she will when her lawyer tells her to and slides it back to Jackson. And Jackson's like, Larry. And Larry's like, Jackson. And Jackson's like, Larry. And Larry's like, Jackson. And Jackson says, would you like me to tell him that she only wants him for his money? And Larry's like, uh, tell him you presume that since his fat, since he's fat, rich and bold. And Jackson's like, oh, I like your style. And Larry's like smiling, but behind his teeth, he's like, I hate you. And Jackson's like, excuse me? <laughs> I think this case, like, I, I just think this case is so bizarre because the guy that Jackson is like apparently trying to protect, like, I think he's so ordinary looking. And I think his fiance is so ordinary looking as well. So this idea that they're just like, oh, it just, it just seems like a crazy TV land beauty standards. Like that to look at that guy and be like, well, he needs a prenup because no one could possibly want to marry him unless it was for his money. Right. Because I'm just like, yeah. Okay, like, he's not going to become a male model anytime soon, but it's not completely incomprehensible that someone would find him attractive with or without right. money. Like, I just find yeah. it really odd. And also, like... Millions of playing... mediocre white men that look exactly like him get married every get day. Get married <laughs> Rich <the> or not. <laughs> Rich or not. Yeah, it's like, he's he's a big guy, but he's not like... He's not extraordinarily unattractive. Like, I, I he's not... He's so average. Like, I'm just yeah. kind of like... There's literally... Uh, and I think his fiance is not like a supermodel, and yet they're talking about her like she's like a Playboy. Well, body. I think it's like, more like, that it's really she. Weird. I know, but I do think it's more. I think it's the difference, the disparity in their financial situations that's probably driving most of it. Because they yeah. did mention like she's in debt, she's paying, and he's got loads of money, still. so yeah, she could, it... regardless of what they look like, like. She could be yeah, after his I just, money, potentially. I mean, I don't like, buy a lot of the gold digger tropes, but yeah, anyway. anyway but I just, it, it's the whole like, well, he's fat and bold, so let's get in there and make sure he's not being taken advantage of. I'm like, he's not like, he's not anything special either way. He's not especially ugly and unattractive and he's not especially attractive and handsome like he's just so average it just but they're making out like like it's an extra risk factor yeah it's like well clearly she must only want him for his money so let's protect that it's just so weird like I it is weird because if I was his lawyer I'd be thinking in America particularly where prenups are more common I'd be thinking that it's your duty to get a prenup in place regardless of what he looks like do you know what I mean yeah I mean I I I mean I don't know how I feel about prenups like it's I I think it is very much you know couple to couple like basis like oh 100% that's if that's something you want us in the UK a prenup's a very sort of alien concepts still yeah um whereas it's in the U- that's what i mean done. if i was yeah. their lawyer in the us where it is more common 
to get them, I guess I'd be thinking, regardless of what their yeah, level of looks, beauty was, like yeah, he's rich, she's not, they, maybe we should get one in place. Yeah, it's the fact that they've brought in their looks to yeah. the conversation. And I'm like, yeah. but neither of them are especially anything. He's not especially it's not unattractive. Relevant. Yeah, and exactly. And she's not especially attractive either. Like, they're both really average. <laughs> yeah. But it is that TV anything. thing of, like, if you're average, <laughs> then you're ugly on TV. Yeah. If you're, like, not super drop-dead gorgeous, then you're average. But yeah. you're good-looking, then you're just average. And then super drop-dead gorgeous <laughs> is like, oh, you're pretty good-looking. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I Mad. makes you like yeah. doubt everything you think you know about what's attractive right <laughs> yeah so i mean back in ali's office she's having the conversation with elaine letting her know that she's really not happy with the position that elaine's put her in having to lie and elaine's like i panicked i'm a terrible terrible liar if i say it was with a friend he'll just keep asking questions but if you say we were all together it'll just be the end of it and ali's like i just can't lie and elaine's like oh, and she's like stroking her roses and is like oh I've spent almost my whole adult life without a boyfriend and Hallie goes well gee I wonder why <laughs> like this isn't the kind of mistake men forgive and Ali just hisses Elaine you're cheating on him this isn't the kind of mistake that he should forgive and Elaine's like I made a mistake and Ali's like yes and you made another one by asking me to lie as she like waggles her finger in front of Elaine's face to like switching sound effects and Elaine is about to leave when Ali calls her back and is like what are you gonna do and Elaine's like well I'm gonna tell him the truth but then Ali stops her and is like are you nuts if you tell him you slept with another man that is it and Elaine's like so I should lie and Ali's like duh in this situation you have to and Elaine's like well then why can't you and I was like game (laughs) set match Ali nice nicely done Elaine (laughs) yeah I thought it was really clever straight into that (laughs) Ali's just so like holier than thou sometimes it really makes me sick which is quite apt given what happens later I, I yeah I mean I, we've got more to say about this I think I've so, got so much to say about this yeah yeah <laughs> okay yeah so back in court and Henry's wife is now on the stand and she's saying vehemently I love him this way before all he thought about was money and competition now he's loving and kind who wants to be cured from that And Link's like, well, your own son is saying so. And Henry's wife is like, well, that's because he was raised under the influence of the way Henry used to be. He's also worried about stocks and shareholders and profits. He should get a little dose of his father's sickness. And Henry's then like, can I approach the your honor and judge walsh is like why and henry says well i'd like to kiss my wife and judge walsh is like denied he's like his whole vibe is ain't nobody got time for this shit like do you know what i mean he's like absolutely not no (laughs) um so henry blows a kiss instead as he sits down um which delights ling and henry's (laughs) wife is like you see that before he got that bonk on the head he wouldn't think of kissing me in public i'd be lucky to get a peck on the cheek in private Then the opposing counsel crosses and says, but this is not the man you've known all your life. You admit that. And she's like, no, I don't admit that. He's the same man, just kinder. 
doesn't mean he doesn't think the same thoughts. And the opposing counsel jumps in and it's like, well, he never thought to give away any money before. And she says, well, that's because he's kinder. What kind of society are we living in when charity is considered a disease? Yes, he was ruthless. I don't understand why we're not all celebrating. And her son calls over from the prosecution table. He isn't well, mum. And she goes, by who de- whose definition? And Kenny stands up frustrated and is like, the man has a blood clot on his brain. What is wrong with you? And they start bickering. And Judge Walsh intervenes very unsuccessfully as Henry turns to Ling and is like, everybody's fighting with a big smile on his face <laughs> until Judge Walsh just bangs his gavel and shouts, that's enough. Um, and calls I it really to an end. love his wife because like, she just wants yeah, to I be did. like kowtowed into being pushed around this this isn't the man you married she's like i've never said that like i was just like yeah but also i did sort of get because i was just like it sounds like you married a complete fucking cunt and if you don't like (laughs) it then why the hell were you married to him all that time do you know what i mean yeah if you prefer this but anyway that's another another thing um (laughs) so that evening we get a little short kind of interlude of Boston dusk shots as Vonder is singing a short verse of from uh, a song called There's a Rainbow Around My Shoulder which is from the musical Showboat and that kind of ends abruptly as Jackson arrives to pick up Renee from Ali and Renee's apartment for a date and Ali and Larry are there in the kitchen making their own dinner at home and as Jackson is waiting for Renee to be ready um, he says hi to Ali and Larry but he's like a little he's like Ali Larry like stern with Larry and Larry's like Jackson um and Ali's like okay what am I missing and Larry's like well Jackson's upset that I didn't commit malpractice and advised Julie to sign a ludicrous prenup and Jackson's like what's ludicrous is that your client even cares marriage should be about love now a prenup that's about money and Larry's like whose idea was the prenup Jackson and at this point Ali's like okay okay to ostensibly break it up but then she can't resist wading in saying you know Jackson you were a little dicey and at this point Renee like walks in on the situation like ready to go as Jackson's going excuse me dicey and then he's like, you know what? I'm not in the mood for your issues. And Ali's like, my issues? What are my issues? <laughs> and Jackson's like, look, lady. And then Ali interrupts and is like, Ali. <laughs> and Larry chimes in going, Jackson. And Jackson's like, you're kissing me. And Ali talks over him to say, I thought you were him, pointing at Larry. And Jackson's like, then you climb into bed. And Renee's like, yep, that happened. As Ali's like, I thought you were her, pointing at Renee. And Larry's face is looking all confused at this point. And then Jackson's like, your hands were all up on my privates. And Ali, exasperated, is like, because I thought it was the remote control. And at this, Larry's like, hold on. As Jackson and Ali ignore him. And Jackson's like, you found the remote though, didn't you? And Ali's like, yeah, it did feel like the remote control. Hard, plastic, please don't flatter yourself. And Renee's like, excuse me, hard, plastic? And Larry's like, you had your hand. And Jackson's like, men have it when they're sleeping. And Larry's like, remotes? And Jackson's like, no, erections. And it had nothing to do with her thin little hands. And Ali's like, isn't that the remote calling the wrist skinny? And then Jackson's just like, come on to Renee. And they leave for their date. And as they leave, Ali starts getting back to cooking as if nothing was just revealed. And Larry's like, so uh, you kissed him, got into bed with him and grabbed his remote? And Ali just says nothing. And Larry chops this head of lettuce with a big whack. Um, So funny. It is. And that was like a really like snappy exchange. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was good fun. 
so back, I'm really enjoying seeing Robert Downey Jr. and Tay Diggs sort of yes, sparring. Spar. Yeah. Um, they're, they're very good. Um, so back at the office, Ling is having a late meeting with Henry and his wife to review how it's going and to say that she thinks that they'll probably lose. And Henry's wife is like, well, why would he lose? And Ling says, well, despite happy workers, quality of life and all that, when you have shareholders, the price of the stock is all that matters and it's going down. And Henry smiles and is like, I know it's bad, but things are going to get better. I can tell. And Ling says that his son wants to take one last go at settling and she thinks they might as well try because <sighs> going to court is so boring. <laughs> and Henry <laughs> agrees. And Ling says that she'll set up a meeting for the next morning. And they get up to leave. Um, and because it's late, Henry turns to his wife and says, may I take you to dinner? And she, delighted, is like, yes, you may. And Henry goes, see you tomorrow, Ling. I've got a date. And they stroll off like Ooh. arm in arm. And Ling sort of smiles and chuckles to herself. And I was like, Lucy Liu is so pretty. Like, I love when her I face know. just like lights up when she smiles. I, it's so I nice. I love gentle Ling mode. And gentle yeah. Ling mode always happens around like old people, old people. and children. Old people. Uh, like, yeah. She's very, she, she becomes very gentle and sweet. And I just, I love it. It's, it's one of my favorite Ling modes. <laughs> For someone that doesn't have a lot of patience with day to day life, she has yeah. somehow endless patience with old people and children. It yes. Seems. Yeah. Um, she's and a very good way of handling both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So in the unisex, still that evening, like it's a really busy evening at the office, um, John comes out of his stall to find Gilbert, who is looking into the mirror and crying, upset. And he's like, I'm a big fat fool. Ooh. And John sort of looks around to see if he's talking to him. And he realizes that he must be. And he's like, oh, well. And Gilbert keeps going, saying, and I'm bold. And John's like, yeah, well... And then Gilbert turns to John and is like, I see that you're not especially attractive. Do you have a wife? <laughs> it's like, Gilbert, there's a time and a place. Oh my God, that's <laughs> and, hilarious. And John just sort of like blinks. And then thinking he realises what's going on here, he just folds his arms and is like, oh, fine. I suppose that cheap ass popsicle toe popped up put you up to this well let me tell you something pup tent which I, another reference i didn't understand but he says i don't appreciate the put downs where is she anyway huh and he starts like looking at the other stalls but gilbert continues almost oblivious to john's tirade as john realizes that he's got it wrong because gilbert is saying when i was seven my mother put me on a diet and she said if you're fat no girl will ever love you and i told her you're wrong, mum. I'll find her. There's a woman out there to love me. And I vow to myself, I'll study hard. I'll become rich, successful. And women will want me. Just you wait. Just you wait. So what do I do? I become a millionaire. And they want me. But for my money. And he looks glum. And I was a bit like, um, objection, Gilbert's mum? Like, what? <laughs> I know. Like, fucking I, like, This isn't. This isn't my actual objection because it's so minor, but I was a bit like, that's 
say shit. Like, yeah, what's no, wrong with mother? Gonna, I want to throw in the fat phobia jingle here because I just oh, feel 100%. like dum dum dee dum 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 de dum dum fat phobia is dum dum de dum dum fat phobia is dum dum de dum dum fat phobia is dum dum de dum dum. Being fat phobic to your own fucking child. Like, that's abusive. Like, not yeah. okay. Not all right. So sad. Seven. But yeah, anyway. Um, so John, still kind of reeling a bit from accidentally shouting at him, is like, <laughs> tries, to, tries to comfort Gilbert awkwardly, saying, well, I'm sure that isn't true. And Gilbert's like, well, I'll never know, will I? If you have money, it's always a factor. And then he's sort of shaking his head and he's like, maybe it is my money. And John's like unconvincingly uh i'm sure it isn't and gilbert yes. looks in the mirror glumly and it's like why else would she fall for that and like hangs his head sadly and i was like oh this is gilbert. very upsetting i hate it i know and it's just like yeah i just don't uh i like i say he's so unextraordinary do you know what i mean like it's so <laughs> well don't say that to them he'll fucking jump out the window <laughs> no, but, in t- but in a good way like i'm kicking a man when he's down eleanor he's really upset here <laughs> no but I if eleanor was there so... she'd be like gilbert you're not ugly you're just unextraordinary <laughs> <laughs> so unextraordinary physically you are nothing to write home about but that's almost a good thing I don't think he's gonna see it like that. <laughs> no, I just think, it's fine. You don't owe anyone. You really don't want Eleanor like in a potential like hostage, like about to jump off but of a cliff situation because she's someone. gonna be like, guys, guys, <laughs> it's all right. You You're can't... just a little bit shit, and no one loves you. <laughs> no, but it's about going like. This, I don't doubt that this woman loves him. Like, that's the thing. No, the, I don't. They've made... She obviously does. Like, they're so all over each other. Like, not in yeah, a disingenuous way. Like, they're like, clearly... This is very... She clearly thinks you're attractive. Otherwise, she wouldn't be marrying you. Yeah, she loves you. you. Like, this is... This is... That's all that matters. Like, and you can't... When someone feels fat and ugly, and they're not thin and beautiful, like... It, it, you can't bullshit them and be like, "Oh no, you're really skinny and you're you're stunning." What are you do? like? You can't bullshit people like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, know what you mean. You know, it's just the way you said not. it. It's just the way you were like, <laughs> "You're so so unextraordinary." I cannot stress enough cannot how stress. unextraordinary you are. How? <laughs> ordinary you are like you might think you have certain things you might think you have certain (laughs) aspects to you that are a little bit special but i'm here to tell you no no no, not even a little bit forget it (laughs) but that doesn't mean you don't have a killer but that's okay it is okay it doesn't matter your physical beauty is so unimportant because it is so temporary and it is so oh yeah sure i know i know but also you know 
It's you're also Gilbert. You're a privileged white man. What more do you fucking want? <laughs> yeah, you're rich. You've got a woman who loves you. What is your fucking problem? <laughs> Get away from that ledge. Get a grip. <laughs> Get a grip. Get away from the ledge. Christ. Oh dear. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you. There is someone who would do a worse job than John. Of that is. Look, look, I never said. I never said I was a good negotiator. Oh dear. <laughs> but yeah. So the next day, Richard is uh, <laughs> leaning against the elevator, and he's like tapping his watch, waiting for Jackson to arrive. And like the second he steps off, Richard's like, "Oh, Jackson, um, Gilbert's." a bit concerned and so am I and Jackson's like well we have another meeting today they're coming in at and then he stops because he glances over at the conference room where the people in Ling's case like Henry Kenny and his lawyer are gathering and he's like I'm gonna need that room and I was like do Cajun fish after you know four years of being set up as a like a legit firm do they still not have a conference room booking system like a scrap of paper would do it like how is it that hard Elaine how have you not sorted this out yet I know, but Richard's like, oh, they'll be done soon. And then Richard and Jackson disperse and the camera picks up with Ali and Elaine who are walking away from Ali's office as Elaine is saying that she started to tell the truth to Mark last night, but it didn't go well. So she stuck with the lie, the whole lie and nothing but the lie, including the part where she was with Ali last night. And Ali is not happy, but Elaine's like, it's not perfect, okay, but... but..." And Ali starts walking off and she's like, I should be in a soap opera as my vagina turns and I thought it was really funny (laughs) Um, and then as she scurries off we see Ling and Nell coming down the stairs and Ling is saying can you imagine being happy and Nell's like and kind and Ling's like I think it's rubbing off on me I had a dream last night I hit a guy in a wheelchair and I pulled over to help and Nell's like ugh good luck as uh, Ling heads off to her meeting so Ling heads in and asks if there's been any progress. And Henry's like, no, he still wants to take me down, my own son. And Kenny's exasperated and it's like, dad. And Kenny's lawyer's like, look, we made a good proposal. He stays on as CEO, but all decisions will be vested with the board. And Ling's like looking over the proposal as Henry's going, in other words, I'm just a figurehead and he's not happy about it. Um, And Kenny's like, just look at the projections and you will see what will happen if this keeps up. Like you and mum testified, you're not crazy. You can read a balance sheet and as tickled as you are, you can face a fiscal reality. But Henry's like, the problem is, Kenny, I don't agree with your analysis. We'll be less profitable, perhaps, but we'll be viable and healthy. And these figures don't take into account a surge in productivity. A happy worker's an efficient worker. That's what we always say, isn't it, Ling? And Lynn's like... Yes. <laughs> like she literally sure. It's like, sure, whatever. <laughs> as the oppo- and as the opposing counsel's like trying to move things along to an agreement, Kenny's cell phone rings and Kenny answers and it's clear that it's bad news because he sits down immediately and is like, what? When? Oh my God. All right. And then as he hangs up, he looks absolutely crushed. And then he tells everyone that his mum's passed away from acute heart failure and everyone's face is just like, oh my God, apart from Henry, who, with a big smile on his face, just goes, oh, that's terrible, as Kenny just crumples into sobs and, and Henry 
just about manages to look mildly concerned. (laughs) So there is something very upsetting about someone who can't emote properly. Yeah. Like there is something very upsetting about that. Yeah. For them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Later, uh, Henry comes into the unisex and he looks, you know, he's happy, he got a smile on his face. And Richard's there at the sink, and Richard's like, Oh, hey Pops, how's the big case going? And Henry, still with that big grin, is like, Well, oh, I think I'm losing. And my wife died. And Richard is like, Yeah. <laughs> not sure what's going on and why this guy seems happy about these events as Henry chuckles and is like, oh, Isn't it awful? I live for her. Everything else, work, business, nothing really mattered at the end of the day. But now she's dead. And Richard's like staring at him and is like, get a grip. And he's like, she was a wonderful, wonderful woman. But now, and Richard's like, done. And Henry's like, all gone with a big smile. And Richard says like, well, you you never know when it's your turn. And Henry kind of chuckles and goes, I could be next. And like, he turns to leave. And Richard's like, Mr. Thompson, are you okay? And Henry smiles and he's like, yeah. And then his face falls into like a neutral position. And he's like, unfortunately, I am. And he leaves. And Richard's like, geez, like, (laughs) yeah, someone's got a lot going on. Um, Meanwhile, Ali is at Elaine's desk with Elaine. And she's like shaking like a pink magic eight ball. (laughs) Obviously not doing any work. Um, And is surprised (laughs) again by Mark, who sneaks up on Ali to ask for a second. And she's like a deer in headlights. She's like, um, 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 I'm not sure. And Elaine's like, you're free. And Mark's like, great. And he goes into her office. And Ali's like, yeah, sure. Just just head on in there. And she like, Ali stares at Elaine as um, she kind of moves to following him, like just like, her eyes are like boring into Elaine being like, why you put me in this terrible (laughs) position? And Elaine just like bundles her in the door. Um, And in her office, um, she just sort of says sheepishly to Mark, like, what's up? And Mark's like, I'm getting this very odd feeling. And Ali's like, well, thanks for sharing that with me, Mark. Um, I'm going to take some time. Uh, is it okay for me to give you a ring when I've processed it a little? <laughs> I was like, that's so funny. And Mark's like looking at her baffled. And then he's like, um, I'd like to share what that odd feeling is. And Ali's like, okay. And Mark's like, I don't really believe Elaine was with you two nights ago. Was she? And Ali's like, hmm, two nights ago, two nights ago, hmm, two, two nights ago? And Elaine's like listening from the other side of the door. And then she's like, okay, well, um, two, two nights ago, let, let's just back up. And Mark's like, look, let's just cut through it. Can we do that? I consider you and I friends. And Ali is like, oh, why does everyone think I'm a friend? I'm not even nice. <laughs> and then she's like, all right, I don't really want to get involved in Elaine's life, but two yeah. nights ago, sure we were that? together... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were together having dinner with a college friend of mine. And Mark's like, are you absolutely sure that you're telling the truth as a friend? And at this point, Elaine comes in and is like, it's a lie. And she like comes clean that she was with another man. And Mark's like, who is he? And Elaine's like, just an acquaintance. I'm not having an affair, but I did sleep with him. And then she goes on to say, um, I'm totally ashamed that it happened, but it did happen. And I can't bring myself to lie about it with a pointed look at Ali as Ali like frowns at her. <laughs> and she says she's really sorry to Mark and that it sounds really hollow to say that, but it, but, sorry. And that it sounds really hollow to say that it won't happen again, but it won't. 
And Mark just doesn't say anything and leaves. And Ali says to Ali, I'm sorry. And Elaine says to Ali, and I apologise to you too. And like leaves as well. I have things to say about this, but it will have to I think wait. let's wait till it plays out. Yeah. Yeah. So back with Gilbert and Julie and their like complete spanner in the works that is their prenup. They're sitting very close together at the head of the conference room table table like clasping hands in that meeting that Jackson mentioned earlier with Rich to Richard um, and Larry's in there too and Julie's saying well I don't even care about money and Jackson's like well your lawyer seems to think that you do and Larry's like Jackson and Jackson's like Larry and Gilbert's <laughs> like honey I know you love me I want to share with you my life and my possessions what Jackson's saying is that if for some reason that it isn't meant to be, like we break up quickly or you leave me for another man. And Julie's like, that would never happen. And Gilbert's like, of course not. And then Jackson jumps in and is like, but if for some reason it did, knowing what little I already do about you, do you really feel an entitlement to his possessions? And Julie lets go of Gilbert's um, like hand and then folds her arms. And it's like, well, I suppose not, Larry. And Larry's like, well, knowing what little I know about you, you don't want to be taken advantage of. If he leaves you inside five years, or if he has an affair after five years, causing you to walk out, then you lose out. And I have to ask, if Gilbert truly believes in this marriage, why would he ever concoct such an oppressive prenup? And Jackson's like, bottom line, if you can live up to your wedding vows, then this prenup never becomes an issue. Would you agree with that, Larry? And Larry's like, I would, if it wasn't so untrue, Jackson. She could fulfill her vows. The marriage could fail because he didn't. And she would still get hurt. And then at this point, Larry pulls Julie's chair closer to him, like away from Gilbert on one side of the table. Um, and he's saying she would still get hurt under the language of his document. And then Jackson kind of just signals with his head to Gilbert to move closer to him. So they're like sitting adversarially now. Yeah. And Jackson's like, well, let's just play with this language a bit. I'm sure we can find some room to wiggle. And Larry's like, well, that's what I like about you, Jackson. You're always poised to wiggle. And Jackson's like, do you have a proposal, Larry? And Larry's like, I do. If it ends within a year because of Julie's infidelity, or if she chooses to leave without any breach committed by Gilbert, she takes one year's alimony. If the marriage lasts over a year, normal alimony applies under Massachusetts law. And Jackson's like, absolutely unacceptable. I'm sorry, Gilbert. And he like pulls him into this huddle where we see like Larry and Julie like squeezed together between Jackson and Gilbert in the <laughs> shot, um, which is very comical. But um, Jackson says to Gilbert, but this leads me to believe that she's after your money. And Julie's like, I am not. And Gilbert's like, I have to say, Julie, I'm a little thrown to see you even making money an issue. And then he says to Jackson, could I have been deceiving myself? And Jackson's like, mm, 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 mm. and he's like, she could love someone big fat and Jackson goes bold and Larry's like can you go someplace and wiggle and Jackson just looks at Larry and Gilbert excuses himself and leaves and Julie just looks really upset it's, it's like horrible. these guys they're just completely wrecking like uh, yeah this is when it's well, they're like... making them both doubt everything yeah in everything, their relationship yeah and it's just really horrible. for something that neither of them actually even wanted yeah neither of them asked for in the first fucking place like i know ugh, lawyers so <laughs> i know in re <laughs> there'll be a lawyer <laughs> um, <Yeah>. so <laughs> in richard's office elaine is asking for his advice <laughs> again always I, mean... I have to ask why <laughs> Never a good time. She says she figures that he's cheated a lot in his life and so she wants to know what to say to Mark to make amends. And Richard's like, do you have a pen? 
Um, and she picks up a pen and a pad and like goes to like make notes like a, the secretary that she is. And um, he says, with men, we go right to anthropology, nature. Man is conditioned to spread his seed. When we sleep around, we do God's work, fishism. I'm not sure that's true for women though. And they sort of racking his brains and as Elaine like crosses out everything she's been noting down <laughs> thus far. And then Richard like gets a second wind and is like, oh, all right, here we go. Um, recent studies show that jealousy can result in an increased sexual passion as well as a more intense bond between partners. You slept with this other man to cement your bond with Mark. It's very simple. It's actually a sign of commitment. Now let's turn to evolution. Are you with me? Because Elaine is like stops writing and then she's like, yeah. And Richard's like, studies also show that a man whose partner has been inseminated by another man is at genetic risk with respect to propagation. Jealousy leads to passion, passion to orgasm. Orgasm causes women to retain more sperm. You strip this other man because you want to have Mark's child. Off you go. And he finishes like triumphantly. And Elaine's like, um, I, I doubt he's going to go for that. And Richard's like, well, I've given you my wisdom. You choose what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Elaine, why did you think this was ever going to be anything but a waste of Nonsense. time? <laughs> <laughs> Just so funny. Coming out of that man's mouth as ever. So Nell and Ling are talking outside Ling's office um, because Henry is inside and Nell's asking how long he's been there. And Ling says, an hour maybe. And Nell's like, what if the heart was the heart attack? And Nell asks if the heart attack was connected to the cancer. And Ling's like, well, I guess so. Um, and Nell suggests that Ling goes and checks on him and see if he's okay. And they open the door and he's just sat on a chair, like whistling cheerfully and looking out the window. And Nell's like, oh. <laughs> and Ling's like, well, I need my office. So she goes in and Henry's like, oh, hi, Ling. Um, can we get uh, in a continuance on the lawsuit? And Ling's like, of course. And Henry says that it's because he's going to go in for surgery at four today to have the blood clot drained. Um, and Ling sits down and is like, why? And Henry says, well, I just want to, that's all. And Ling's like, Henry, why? And Henry says, I love my wife more than anything in the world and she's gone and I can't cry. All I feel like is whistling. I need to grieve for her. And Ling's like, okay, but from everything I've heard about you, you were very unhappy before. Do you really want to go back to being that miserable? And Henry shrugs and just goes, I want to cry for my wife. I was like, oh, I, That bit genuinely made me tear up. I just thought it was performed Henry. so well when he's like, I just want to cry for my wife. I was like, oh, I know. Like, I had to get the tissues Henry. out. Very, very sad. Very sad. So yeah, over at the hospital, Boston evidently has the quickest healthcare system of all time. Yeah. So I, ha I do not know of anywhere else where you'd be like, yeah, I just want to come in for that operation today. Four? Yeah, okay. Sure. Brilliant. Um, because, yeah, Henry's already in there getting prepped for his blood clot to be drained. Um, and Ling's gone with him and is saying to him, I just don't see why it has to be today. It's so fast. And Henry's like, well, the funeral's on Wednesday and I have to be able to cry by then. And Ling's like, are you sure... And he's like, I am, sweetheart. Thanks for being so concerned. And then the doctor comes in asking if he's ready. And Henry says he is. And he introduces Ling. And Ling asks how long it's going to take. And the doctor says, oh, it's very short. He'll be up on his feet tonight. And Ling smiles as Henry's like, bye-bye, honey. And then Henry hums um, that song that Vonda sang earlier, which is there's a rainbow around my shoulder with like a smile on his face as he gets wheeled off to surgery. Yeah. 
back at Cajun Fish, Elaine has gone to find Mark in his office and asks if she can speak to him for a minute. And he... This really irritated me. He, like, <laughs> makes her wait so that he can, like, dramatically finish writing down on his stupid desk pad and then nods <laughs> to say that he's going to hear her out. And Elaine says, Okay, first, I'm not here to excuse my fidelity, only to try to explain it. The reason I even bothered to have dinner with this man, I suppose, came out of an insecurity about you and me. We're hardly the most solid couple. For the most part, you still judge me. I suppose I'm a little nervous about putting all my eggs in such a leaky basket. And Mark, really channeling the ghost of Billy Butthurt, says, <laughs> so you fertilise them elsewhere. And Elaine's like, once again, I'm not saying I had any excuse. But in asking myself why, I realised that I don't have any confidence in you and I. We're biding time with each other, Mark. We both know it. You're a great guy. And I was like, no, he's not. Is he? <laughs> yeah, I know. He's not a great guy. Is he? You don't what need to tell him it? that. Yeah, I know. It's so infuriating. <laughs> infuriating she says oh you're a great guy and what i did the other night was despicable but we should just quit while we're behind and mark just doesn't react and she leaves so over in the unisex john is shocked because gilbert has just told him that like the whole wedding is off because of all of this hoo-ha flim flammery and john's like why and gilbert's like because she's a gold digger and as he says this Julie comes out of a stall having overheard looking hurt and it's like gold digger and Gilbert's like you won't marry me without a prenup and she's like well you won't marry me unless I sign one and as John tries to get them to calm down Jackson enters the room and is like and Jackson <laughs> enters the chat and is like what's up and John's like too much you. of you is up you and Larry negotiated this breakup you should be ashamed of yourselves these people are in love you just broke this and meanwhile, Elaine, whilst all this is going on, has walked like straight through the middle of this encounter, straight to a stall. And as John is going on and on, she like swings open her door and is like, are you guys going to talk about love? Go someplace else. Could you do that, please? This is a bathroom. If I hear more about love, I'll vomit. Everybody breaks up. These people are just ahead of the lousy game. Congratulate them and set them on their way. And Julie is upset and is like... I gotta go. But John like rushes after her and drags her back by the arm till they're both facing each other in front of John. And it's like, no, you are going to stay right here. Listen to me, both of you. I just broke up with a woman. I may never meet another one like her. I know things don't always work out, but of all the things to come between you, lawyers, lawyers are in the business of divorce. Now, Gilbert, do you love this woman? And Gilbert's like, of course I love her. And we hear the sound of Elaine like <laughs> vomiting. so funny oh my God. and John just like ignores it and it's like Julie do you love Gilbert and Julie's like more than anything and Elaine like wretches again <laughs> and then John says then what in God's name is going on Gilbert you were lamenting whether you'd find a woman to love you you found her you're going to walk away because of something he said? And he points at Jackson. He says, you were looking at your reflection the other night and called yourself a big fat fool. Are you determined to prove it? And Gilbert looks at Julie and is like, I do love you. And Julie's like, and I love you. And John goes, what then? 
And just as Elaine does a final vomit, and then she does this like big belch afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> and just like, okay, okay. Then what God has joined together, let no lawyer tear asunder. And they both apologize and like hug each other. And John goes to stand by Jackson, and Jackson's like, should you and I hug? And John just like looks at him sternly, like, absolutely not. <laughs> I do really love that scene for Elaine just vomiting every time someone's being earnestly in love. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Henry's had his operation and Ling has come back to see him and bumped into Kenny outside his room and he tells Ling that it was a success um, depending on, and he trails off. Um, and he was going to say, depending on how you look at it, I presume. And he says, it's kind of hitting him now about my mum. You can go in. He's wide awake. So Ling goes in and Henry's like, hello. And she asks how he's feeling. And he's all crotchety. And he's like, my head hurts a little. Are you here to collect your fee? And Ling's like, no. Um, and Henry's like, well, now's a lousy time. I don't feel like visitors. And Ling's like, I'm sorry about Edith. And Henry's like, well, she had cancer. It's no big shock. And then a nurse appears asking if he feels like getting up and he's really very rude to her, telling her that he'll just like walk when he wants to and she leaves. And Ling asks if she can get him anything and he says, no, I think I'd really like to be alone now. And Ling's like, okay, night. But he doesn't look at her and just turns away. And then Ling leaves um, and looks at him kind of sadly through the room window. But once she's gone, he takes out this picture of his wife and is like, starts stroking it as Vonda. Like, I don't know what Vonda's trying to do to me, but she starts singing Somewhere Out There from I an know, American Tale, which like never love. fails to get me I sobbing. So I was song. just like... <laughs> <laughs> I know. Somewhere. Honestly, it kills me every time. <sighs> it's such a sweet yeah, song. I such love a good it. song. I love it. But so, I, I also, I really love that although he's become like Mr. Scrooge Man, like Lynn's yeah. demeanor Mr. with Mr. Scrooge Man. <laughs> Scrooge me a Scrooge, bum 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 bum, baby a Scrooge man that I never choose, bum 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 bum. Yeah. Anyway, I love that go on. Ling's like attitude and demeanor doesn't change. Change. To, like, yeah. Match the energy, like she doesn't become yeah. like, like with him. Like yeah. she's still gentle, nice Ling. It's really sweet. It almost but... makes it more like heartbreaking in yeah, a way. It it's does. like oh. it does. Very sad. So then we fade to where Vonda is actually singing that song, which is at the bar. And Renee and Jackson and Gilbert and Julie are slow dancing. And Ali is sat at a table um, waiting on her own. And Larry comes up behind her asking if she'd care to dance with the litigious little gnat. And Ali's like, where have you been? Um, obviously annoyed that he's late um, and as they get up to dance and he's like oh I went to Sears for a new sofa which is kind of calling back to their interior decor chat from the <laughs> beginning of the episode and Ali's like is it for you to sleep on at night and Larry's like oh we could watch TV you can work the remote and Ali's like don't be gross and they make it to the dance floor and they run into <laughs> Renee and Jackson and Larry and Jackson do their whole Larry Jackson situation um, and then we like fade out we fade out right the montage fade out is Nell and Ling sitting together at the bar looking lonely because they're two single women so they couldn't possibly be enjoying each other's company 
Um, and then we fade over to poor old spinster Elaine walking down the street alone and sad. And then we get a scene of Henry walking with his Zimmer frame in the hospital looking sad, um, which is genuinely sad. But I'm going to throw in my... Right Ooh. at the end of the episode, because I was like, why, why? And maybe we'll get into this in Verdict of the Week, but why are they painting Elaine as getting out of that dry toast trash fire of a relationship <laughs> as a sad thing? Yes. Like, she should be fucking celebrating. Yes. Like, I am not I here agree. for this, oh, everyone's happy and coupled up except for the ones that are alone. Whoa, whoa. Well, this is I'm like, it. no. Always have no. Whoever is single in an episode, at an end of an episode, they often just have them sat with each other but not talking to each other just staring wistfully at like all the couples dancing together like Like, i wish i could be in a couple and it's just like i'm sorry but that is not how single people act when they're with other people they're like no to each other having a laugh like it is like i'm sorry but i don't think i ever see that wistful singledom staring obsessively at couples not interacting with anyone actually next to them i don't see that anywhere other than in tv and movies like i just i just don't like most of the time people when they're sat with other people are socializing with those people like i just it's annoying like henry's situation is genuinely sad Sad, like he's just lost his wife of decades and is super sad about it it you cannot lump him in the same bucket as elaine who's finally escaped the clutches of like the shittest man since billy like has wandered the earth like do you know what i mean like he was so not good for her they weren't good for each other more to the point and it's like you should be like her behavior wasn't brilliant in sleeping with another man but it happened for a reason right like their relationship wasn't good mark treated her terribly in that relationship like they're painting it that being in a relationship a terrible relationship with a mediocre man is somehow preferable to being on your own yeah and i just i'm not it's just awful awful messaging so that's my objection yeah no i agree and i think like it, it it's just uh, yeah this is what this show does is just go literally singledom is worse than death just you know you are doomed like you are just doomed especially if you're a woman and you're over 30 you're just doomed to roam the streets crying if you're single <laughs> Or sitting at the bar with lots of your other friends that you like, but not having a good time. Like yeah. purposefully not having yeah. a good time going, because you, you, go you don't have a partner to yeah. tell everyone about. Like, <laughs> So you're just like, so you, fucking lame. everywhere you go, you just mope when you're single. <laughs> Permanent moping. Mope with no hope. <laughs> with no hope moper. <laughs> all you do 
Like, it's completely mad. All the mopey ladies. 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 I'll put your hands up. Yeah, exactly. You walk in the streets, so on your feet. Really, really sad all the time. Crying all day. Can't These kids will go away. away. God, yeah, no, it's it's done it. Don't have a man you should get your mop on it. Don't have a man you should get your mop on it. It is, yeah, like oh. it is really irresponsible messaging. Like this whole, it's just I'm it, not here. It's for it. tragedy that she's now single again. Like, no, <laughs> it's a jubilant joyful <laughs> turn of events is all yes. i can say a narrow lucky escape she yeah. escaped from the clutches of the jaws <laughs> of just dry toast doom i'm not i'm just not bland. no it's so 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 bland so bland not good like the, it's just the way she was just like i still feel judged by you and it's like he wasn't just judgmental like, this is a guy that was monitoring how much you sweated. Like, I would go so far. It's controlling. It's beyond I would, controlling. Yeah, I would go so far as to say that Mark was borderline abusive in that relationship. In which case, I'm like... Abusive. Like, yeah, so in that, that case, that, that I think... That level of, of, like, monitoring, he would spy on her... That's abusive. Yeah. That's emotional abuse. It's, har- it's harassment. It's emotional abuse. And therefore, that is why I don't have any sympathy with his whole, you slept with another... Like, normally, I cannot abide infidelity. I think it's despicable. But in that situation where you're in an abusive relationship, I think it's like all bets are off. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're I, trying I to think... escape any which way you can. We're, we're kind of Whether like, you know it or we're, not. We're skirting into verdict of the week territory. So... Okay, we, let's save verdict of the week. Yeah, should we go into let's verdict of the week? Literally leap over there. Yeah, let's just hop let's, in. Let's um, let's go arm in arm into <laughs> verdict of the week. Because <laughs> we're there anyway. Verdict of the week. The jury's back. Because I what I was going to give, and I I've said this to Laura Jane earlier in the episode, but I've cut it out. Um, is that I was going to give Elaine a guilty. Because mm-hmm. even though I resent doing it, it's more of a principle thing of like she was she said earlier on in the episode that sh- she basically said, I don't want to break up with Mark because I don't want to be single. She said something along the lines of like, oh, I've I've always been single in my adult life or something like that. So basically, yeah, she said I've never like, had I've I've never had a boyfriend f- for any length of time in my adult life or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So you're so I was like, right. So you're only with Mark because you don't want to be single. Like this is the reason you are with Mark, and I really hate that mentality. I think it's really terrible mentality to have. So. To have that mentality and just be with someone because you don't want to be alone. And then you cheat on that person um, 
that yeah. you don't actually you're not actually good with because you don't but you're only with them because you don't want to be alone and then you cheat on them I just find that whole in principle super spineless yeah. like I really 100% hate that I 100% dynamic. would agree I would agree with you 100% if it wasn't for Mark if it wasn't for the I fact know, that it was Mark and his behavior his behavior has been but he's it's, he's not just terrible and boring. He's as we've discussed. I think abusive. It, like abusive, he's emotionally he's, he's behaved absolutely unacceptably in that relationship, and she's just not said anything or pulled him up on it. She's gone along with it, and I just think she probably yes, she didn't do the right. I'm not saying this is the right way or no, an excuse no. necessarily, but I almost think I can't. I can't judge her for it because when you're in yeah. a controlling relationship it's really hard to just be like especially when you've got that in, I know that what you're saying is that it's a dis- spineless thing to do but if you consider how I think, Elaine's I think, I think grown she up is simply, like suply I think she's super insecure she's super lonely yes. And, so and she's can... finally got a boyfriend and I think she's putting up with this shit because she feels like, well, no one else will want me. If I don't. Um, I have to. You know, yeah. this is better than nothing kind of thing. And, that, and so I I, that's, and that's I really sad. And I, and I think I find, uh, and I just, yeah, I don't know. And I, I, I don't think, I think she's made a mistake in doing it that way, but in a way you know she's human we all make mistakes and I just think in the face well, of whatever it is that got her to wake up and see like well and realize oh, yeah why did exactly I do this? and I thought oh, her her speech I, yeah to Mark at the end was really good because she was like yes it's shit I did something that's completely unforgivable I agree with you I'm not trying to ask you to forgive, forgive me for me that for it. but we have to recognize it for what it is. Like we're not we're going nowhere fast. We're not good for good. each other. Yeah. Like let's just call it quits. And I'm glad someone said it. And whatever it took to get to that point, I can do. <laughs> I can only celebrate it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So I mean, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't think I can find her not guilty. But I don't no, think I'm going to find her guilty either. So okay, good. I'm maybe, glad I managed to argue that. I don't know. Just throw a guilty at Mark because he's a douche. Like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, that's the Let's other thing. Let's kick him out when he's the, down. Yeah, no, but that's the other thing I didn't like about what Elaine did is that she also put Ali. And, you know, Ali <laughs> is like... Ali puts herself in awkward positions all the fucking time anyway. Like, she volunteered. She's like, I'll volunteer as tribute. Like, she does yeah. put herself in these situations. But Elaine asks her to lie and then <laughs> puts her in the position of being like, no, he, she was definitely with me that night. And then Elaine goes and goes, she's lying. No, she... she I just can't lie. I just can't. <laughs> I can't possibly lie about this, Ali. <laughs> I know, really I know, that was so funny. To your friend to be like, will you lie for me? And then I'm going to show you up as a liar. <laughs> yeah. I did think that was funny though. It is really funny, but I think I might give Elena guilty for that. 
Okay, I'll aspect. allow it for that. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think I don't think that's good friend behavior to ask you to it's not to lie no. for you and then be like, now I'm gonna humiliate you and show and 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 show you up as a lie, <laughs> even though yeah, I asked you I agree. to do it. <laughs> so my verdict of the week is um aside from the whole Elaine Mark situation, the other thing that really pissed me off this episode was the fact that uh, poor Gilbert and Julie's relationship oh, just got God. almost completely derailed, derailed because of this yeah. absolute nonsense. And I was like, well, who's responsible for that? And when you track it back, Richard? it's bloody Richard, yeah. isn't it? So Richard is guilty for lawyering in on that yes. poor couple's relationship. Like they were absolutely rock solid before he decided to upsell a will update yes. with a prenup. Like, yes. he hadn't even come in asking. Prenup was nowhere on the table. No and he just saw an opportunity to make it. more money. Yeah. So he can fuck off as far yes. as I'm concerned. Yeah, you nearly <laughs> sabotaged a perfectly lovely relationship. Um, yeah. With your fuckery. So, yeah. Yes. Agreed. I think that's a yes. guilty. Good. Okay, cool. so what did you guys think about this pursuit of unhappiness? Uh, were you just as outraged about uh, Gilbert and Julie's rocky road to a happy coupledom? Or were you, are you uh, uh, actually secretly really sad that Elaine and Mark <laughs> split up and were like secretly like, hashtag Malane. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you were a Malayne shipper. Um, let us know. We are at Twitter, Bygones Podcast, Instagram at Bygones Pod, Facebook at Bygones Podcast, and you can email us at bygonespodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, bye. Bygones! bygones.